Welcome to Inside Michigan Business Podcast. This episode is made possible by Dell for Startups, providing solutions for all of your startup needs at special savings. Check out Dell's top business class PCs and accessories and register at startupnation.com forward slash Dell to save on Dell's awesome lineup of best-in-class laptops, monitors, and accessories. All right, welcome to Inside Michigan Business. I'm your host, Jeff Sloan. Good to have you with us. Thanks for joining us. And on today's podcast, this is really important subject matter because, you know, first of all, let me set the stage. Small business in America, you talk about the impact and the importance. We tend to think America's economy is driven by these big corporations, and certainly, largely, one can make an argument that it is, but one can also make an argument that comparably, the small business segment of the U.S. economy, and certainly even more so as it relates to regional and local economies, it just makes a huge impact and a direct impact. These are companies that employ people right in your community. These are people that bring in sophisticated tech workers in some cases from other regions, bring them into our state, helps with our tax base, helps with the culture, you know, drive a, a culture that's innovative and interesting and diverse which is certainly a goal that we all have here. So not only does small business relate to the quality of our economy, but also just the quality of life in a given region. And so how does that happen? How do startups get started? Well, one important piece of the puzzle is you've got to get them the critical funding in the earliest stages to get off the ground, to get launched. And getting this funding is really a challenge for entrepreneurs. I mean, let's set the playing field. You think about venture capital, I mean, sometimes venture capital will go early, the earliest stages before a company gets launched, pre-revenue, maybe even before the idea gets validated. But you know what? That's rare. Venture capital is really designed to get in as growth capital once you've got a, you know, revenue typically. Again, these are typically once you have revenue in place, once you've got a proven team, once you've got a proven business model, the business is born out. Now you need some capital for growth. Go to venture capital. They invest directly in the company in exchange for equity. That investment is made by fund managers on behalf of investors who invest in a venture fund. Those funds get deployed. That's venture capital. You know, really, again, not designed for the earliest stage investment where you get these companies launched and off the ground. What about bank financing, a typical loan? You know, uh, go to a bank, need a loan, get this idea for a new startup. Mr. Banker, I need a loan. Ms. Banker, whatever it may be. That's also tough. Lending to businesses is really, again, designed for a little bit of a later stage. like to see a couple of years worth of financials, typically, again, proven management team. Certainly, the business has to be proven at some meaningful level. I'm a banker. I'm going to issue you a loan. Of course, in the case of a loan, unlike an investment in exchange for equity, like a venture fund might make, that money's got to be paid back. So the banker's sitting there saying, you know, how risky is this? What's the likelihood that I'm going to get a return on my investment in the form of the interest paid on it and timely payments and all the rest, but I'm going to ultimately get the principal sum of money that I give to you, Ms. or Mr. Startup, am I going to get it back? So bank loans are not really intended to support startup companies. So where does that leave us? You know, friends and family, ah, that can be dicey and risky. You certainly don't want to risk important relationships in your life over a business deal. God forbid you lose that money. You go try sit at the Thanksgiving table. You know, that's ugly. Credit card, tapping out your credit card. I mean, come on. That, again, that's just not recommended. Now, some of the boldest entrepreneurs have done that and done it successfully. Certainly, that's an option. Risky. Puts you at personal risk. How do you do it? You know how you do it? You do it with angel money. Angel money. That is money invested directly by angels, wealthy individuals. They're called angels. 
wealthy individuals who are excited about a given business opportunity because the idea behind the company, the essence of the company's model and purpose, raison d'etre, is that it's exciting. I'm going to invest in this company in exchange for equity, and I'm going to get a piece of the rock. I'm going to swing for the fences here. And at the other end of it, when the company gets acquired or goes public, I'm going to make a big return, a big return on my investment. Of course, it's risky. Of course, you got to make good decisions, good bets. Well, you know what's happened recently in angel investing that you know has really become exciting and important and transformative as it relates to getting money into these early stage companies through these wealthy individuals, and that is the formation of angel groups. We have a lot of them being formed here in the state of Michigan, and it's kind of a hybrid between the concept of a venture fund making investments on behalf of investors in the sense that you've got these partners, these managing partners or directors at the lead, at the helm of the angel group, and the angel group gets pitched like a venture fund would by entrepreneurs to compel investment into their company by these angels. But the beauty of this design is that, first of all, the deals are sourced by the managing partners or managing directors or just lead angels of a given angel group, the director of the angel group. And those deals are sourced, deal flow comes in, you get together as a group of angels, you get to decide, debate, discuss, a lot of intelligence brought to bear here because these are typically people that have met with some measure of meaningful success in their lives, or they wouldn't have excess cash to to be able to deploy as investment into startup companies and risk that cash. So you've got a group of really intelligent people getting together, led by these, you know, managing partners at these angel groups or managing directors. And yet the angels get the benefit of being able to make their own decision about whether or not their capital goes into any particular deal. Unlike, again, a venture fund where the fund manager makes that decision once you've invested on what deals to invest in, you get to still manage your own money and your own investments, pick and choose, cherry pick the deals that are most exciting to you and go in deal by deal. So it's a really great concept. It's really working and it's getting this much needed angel funding into these startup companies in ways that haven't been seen before. Really transformative and really important, uh, again, to getting these startups off the ground. So we've got a gentleman with us today on Inside Michigan Business who runs one of these angel groups. He happens to run the Birmingham Angels alongside his partner. This is, of course, Duran York leading Birmingham Angels alongside his partner, David Weaver. The two of them run this angel group and do it very successfully. They've made some very exciting investments. And we've got Duran joining us right now to tell us about the angel investing community generally, but also as it relates to some really exciting deals that Birmingham Angels have done specifically. Duran, welcome to Inside Michigan Business. We're thrilled to have you and thrilled to be hearing about how you're deploying angel investment capital so successfully into startup companies. Now, Duran, let's start out. One might think that in this tough economy, angel investing has slowed down a bit. Maybe capital's harder to come by, and maybe it is. Maybe people are vetting a little more tightly these days, but this is a great time for angels to be thinking about investment into these companies for lots of reasons. Right, Duran? Yes. So, you know, you have to separate the investing in startup to two different categories, the venture capitalist and the early stage investor. What happened in down economy, or at least in challenging economy, the VC stopped the flow of money into deals. So they're focusing more on a portfolio. They don't make new investments because they invest institutional money and pension funds. And so they become very careful and they kind of bank her down. But for the angel investor, for the early stage, that's the opportunity. Why? Because we invest in companies that technically not going to be impacted by the economy that much because they're just starting. 
that's one. Two, the valuation and the deals become much more reasonable. If we get now uh, and the deals and we wait two or three years until the economy stabilizes, we get a lot of upside. Yeah. So let's be clear. And of course, you know, when I introduced you as a lead, right. leading, of course, I know. I actually really believe this is a great time for right. angel investing and for startup companies and for startup companies to specifically source and target angel funding, that type of funding, in order to get their companies off the ground. Let's talk about where angel funding really fits importantly in the continuum. You know, when you're just getting started, you might drain your bank account a bit. You might go friends and family. You might go the credit card route. Not necessarily that we support any of that. But when you've got an idea that is validated at some meaningful level uh, and, and people can look at it and find it compelling as an investment opportunity, that's when you can source angel funding. And those are wealthy individuals who've had success in their lives. By definition, inherently, they have cash, cash that they want to deploy and invest, and they're willing to swing for the fences and take some shots. So even though this is a tough economy, there's a lot of cash sitting on the sidelines that now, because the public markets are down, investment opportunities generally are down, here's a shot to make some real money. Right. I mean, if you talk to a lot of wealth managers and money managers all across the board, people pulling a lot of money on the stock market and sitting on cash positions right now. And again, there's not too many alternatives. A lot of wealth managers struggle even to capital preservation for their clients. Real estate market is very difficult because the cost of materials and labor shortages and all that stuff. So it's become difficult. So we say to investors, listen, we don't suggest you replace your investment and take all the money, put it in angel investing. But apply the 80-20 rules. Take 20% of your money, put it there, wait two or three years. You will get much better ahead of when the, the economy is coming out of the flunk than if you just sit in cash. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the thing that your organization does so valuably for angel investors is, is, is a couple of really important things. One, you source the deals. It's hard for angels to go out and source deals. And even if you can source them too, how do you vet them? How do I know I'm going to put my money in a sound deal? I, you got to Really, you have to know a lot about the basics, the blocking and tackling, the fundamentals of angel investing just in general. But then you have to know a lot about the specific sectors that you're applying the capital to in order to know, is there really an opportunity here? Is this company differentiated from the competition and all those other things? Is there real merit to the opportunity? So you help do all of that. You make the recommendations and then you pull the groups together. And, you know, when one angel invests, it brings confidence to another angel. And then that, when that, you know, it becomes exponential. And all of a sudden, you help rally all the funds, which is great for the angel investors and really great for the companies looking for the capital. You fill in a really important role. Yeah, we call it follow the money. So we prefer to invest in deals that come from other investors because we already have the confidence that they did some work to put the money in. So you're right. I mean, before the pandemic hit, the ratio was like 300 to 1. You look at 300 deals, pick one. In today's world, it's like 700 to 1. So my partner and I, since January 1st of this year, look at 765 companies Yes. You know. And these are the companies that not the ones you've invested in. No. Let's make that clear. The 700 companies are the ones that are put in front of you as right. opportunities. Right. As we part select of deal only, flow. We yeah. select only 10 of them. Yeah. So there you go. You know, so what founders being challenged with right now, they need to be so investment ready. They need to figure out all the ins and outs of the business to the point that the investor said it's a done deal. If you're lacking any of the fundamentals, the investor is going to pass on it. Yeah. Let's talk about you know, the kinds of companies that get the money. What are some of the hallmarks of the things that, you know, you're, when you see, when you know, you've got the smell test now, you've right. done it enough. What is critical for a company in order to be compelling to get the money? Well, in early stage investing, we have a model in the spirit of Detroit. We say, we look in the, in the driver, look at the car and look at the race. 70% of the decision in early stage investing is betting on the founder. 
and a driver. There's a, a series in Netflix called Formula One Drive to Survive. Anybody should watch it. All the team managers said at the end of the day, I have the best car, the best technology, the best crew, the best sponsors. I don't have the right driver. I don't win races. So we betting on a driver. We ask ourselves the question, can we believe that this guy can drive, he or she? Can they drive the company? If we don't think they're drivers, they don't have driver personalities, we're not going to invest. I don't want to have a parking lot full of cars. I want to have you know, a pool of drivers. Yeah. So you bet on the, the driver, or as we say, uh, my lexicon was always the, the jockey. jockey, right? Yeah. The jockey. So the jockey, but that makes the point, right? right. So the, you've got to have that great entrepreneur at the epicenter of it all. The person, in, and I like actually like driver better because that person really has to drive the company forward every day. Get right. out there and slug it out. Be creative enough to see the vision. Be capable enough to execute the plan, and then be you know enough salesperson and everything else to command and to be able to pitch. And get key partners on board, key investors on board, key accounts on board early on and make this thing go. That's a rare person that can do all of that. Yeah, it is. I mean, we, people keep asking me again and again, what is the traits you're looking for? So we're looking for confidence, not arrogance. We're looking at somebody that's aggressive but not reckless. Somebody that understands, uh, you know, when to take the turn, when not to take the turn, when to slow down, when to speed up. Somebody that's financially responsible. So you can say that they can squeeze the juice out of the lemon and you know, they're not going to burn my money for no reason, especially with young people. We need some some maturity, like uh, emotionally mature people. And it's hard to find in young people, somebody that is solid, mature, don't have any ego, willing to be open to feedback, willing to listen. I want to be the first call they make, not the last one to tell mm-hmm. me, hey, Houston, we have a problem mm-hmm. because we want to help. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear it when they kind of reach, hit the wall and say, well, I'm sorry, I didn't tell you that my brakes are not good. And, and that's what makes a, an important point because angels are called angels because their capital tends to be more patient and it tends to be more valuable than just the value of the dollar they put into the company. They bring a Rolodex of context. They bring a desire to help, a willingness to help. Actually, a lot of angel investors become angel investors because they want to be involved to the extent that you want or need their involvement yeah, as they, an entrepreneur. Yeah, they, they what we call smart money, the people that want to leverage knowledge, expertise, and capital. So they want to be active, they want to be involved, they want to help. We say angel investors build companies and create jobs. Venture capitalists rearrange the capital and private equity rearrange the assets. So it's like we create the jobs, we create the companies, so we want to make sure they get the second base. And you're right, I mean, they want to be involved, they want to contribute. So angels are patients, but in the more operation, you know, operational mindset than financial mindset, they're not just looking at the numbers. They're looking right. at like, okay, right. you know. It's more of company crafting, business building. It's more of the blocking and tackling and fundamentals. Once you get to the point where you've proven the business, as you say, venture capitalists look at it as a financial transaction largely. They have analysts evaluate the opportunities and say, yeah, we can 10x our money here in three years, whatever it may be, and drive that IRR we need to in order to keep our fund going. Right. Angels don't think of it the same way. No. Well, let's build a great business together. And I love that. And in fact, angel capital is also critically important because as a business, as a startup, you don't have to have necessarily revenue already coming in. You have to have, obviously, a good revenue model. The business has to make sense. There's got to be able to be that leap of faith. Yes, this business is going to be able to become a business. I can see the path to that happening, but it doesn't need to be validated yet. In fact, that's part of what Angel Capital is intended to do. Validate the model. Listen, Jeff, we invest in a lot of uh, pre-revenue companies. They're not even in the market yet. We're not necessarily, you know, VC looking for traction, revenue, customers. We don't. We're betting on the driver and say, okay, they got a great strategy. We know they're going just give you one highlight, a company in Michigan called uh, Line Leap from uh, Lansing. 
two college students started the company. All the engineers said, yeah, they're too young. They're not. But they were so solid and they knew exactly what they're doing. And we decided to take the bet on them. In 2020, in the pandemic hit, they did about $80,000 in revenue. And everybody said, yeah, the company's not going to go anywhere. In 2021, they did $9.6 million. That's unbelievable. This year, they're going to reach 35. I mean, it's, it's insane. Again, we bet on the driver. We didn't know if the fundamentals going to work. We didn't know if the financials are going to work. But the drivers, I mean, those, those kids did something that a lot of experienced people didn't have the guts to do. So, you know, you take a chance on a company, you're going to look, 50% of them are going to fail. You know, no return. 25% of them maybe get returned to investment and 20% are going to be the home run. That's the statistics in our business. Yeah, and the, and the beauty of it is if you invest in kind of a mutual fund approach or portfolio index approach. Fund, yeah. Yeah, index Yeah, if you do it that way as opposed to putting all your eggs in one basket as an angel investor, you have a really good chance to win because, as you just said, you get the one winner, you can have four other losers and still make a killing. Absolutely. Uh, at make a killing. So that's a really exciting thing, and it's a great way for successful business people to spend their time in their, let's just say, post-success era, whether that be in retirement or whether that be just in a phase post their business success. A lot of young people with business successes these days retiring at age 25. But in all reality, it's a great way. If you love business, if you love the hunt, if you love the game, it's a great way to be involved. I mean, we we know one investor we both know, we don't mention the name, that uh, he came from a family business, like a meat and potatoes kind of business. And he start participating. And every time I talk to him and he's in, the, I don't know, close to the seventies, uh, almost like reaching the point. And he said, I feel young again. I'm in the cutting edge of technology. I see things that I can sleep at night from excitement. And he just investing massive amount of money because he said, it's going to give me a new lease on life. What, what's my alternative retirement? Yeah. I think it's a really exciting thing. You know, I watch these angel groups get together. You guys have these pitch nights you get together, you get to rub elbows with other successful business people, colleagues, peers right. of yours. And then you get to hear these young, dynamic, maybe some not so young, it doesn't matter, but forward-thinking, visionary entrepreneurs with a passion to achieve what they want to achieve with these, you know, many of them with great ideas. And it's exciting. You're on the leading edge, the cutting edge. One of the side benefits of being in the angel space is that when I go to social events with family, friends, and all this stuff, Sometimes I talk about things because we see the technology before it become mainstream. We see what's coming in a pipeline. We know what changes are going to happen in the world. And people are going to look at you and say, what are you talking about? We, we, we see those companies. We know the change is coming. So we, kinda, we can see life unfolding by supporting those companies to really make those changes. And it's just, it, I can't imagine being in any other business. No, nah, it's really exciting. It's a, you know, for those of you out there who are listening that have seen Shark Tank, you get some of those elements brought to bear. It, it's just a really dynamic, fast-paced, exciting kind of thing to be involved with. And you're putting your good hard-earned money and your experience base to work in ways that you can help your own money grow. You can influence the outcome right. uh, of your investment and contribute to it. It's very, very exciting. What about Michigan specifically? You know, how, Michigan, we, how are we doing here? Michigan uh, uh, made a big leap in the last, you know, three to five years in the space. Michigan historically is very conservative when it's come to capital which means that uh, it's not as uh, easy on a trigger as you see in other markets like Silicon Valley, uh, Chicago, New York, uh, Austin, Texas. But they, it's come a long way. A lot of the age, group, the age of angel investors used to be the 50s. Now it's in the 30s. So the younger people coming in put more energy. We have a way to go. There's a lot more angel group in Michigan than it was 10 years ago when David started the first angel group in Michigan. But I think uh, we need to bring more people, new people into the space to, to be active. Michigan have all the resources, all the great, all the talent in the world. We just need more capital. Yeah, I think too, 
Michigan by nature tends to be to think B to B a lot. I think you know, the, uh, and I think if we could have some big B to C hits, Stock X is an example. A lot of the other unicorns and successful. I know another company yes, that's upcoming. Yes, label. Yes, yes, yes. Well, we hope so. We we definitely do. And you've been an amazing supporter, and that could be the one. But you know, whether it's that one, whether it's another, taking that hat off for a second and speaking objectively, right. we need a good B to C public facing, you know, hit. It makes people say, wow, those people in Michigan, they're creative. They got it going on. Right. But the thing we all have to remember is that there would be, you know, uh, no venture capital, no point of venture capital in most cases if there weren't angel funding in advance of it. It, it teased these companies up to make venture capital as relevant. Angel <laughs> investors I mean, bring more venture capital that lead to more private equity. Exactly. That's just the, the way it works. So, Misha, you know, some of you saw the, the publication recently, the Detroit that was named number one. Uh, right, right. Startup ecosystem, startup in the ecosystem world. right. You know, but again, it, we can sustain it only if we have more early stage capital in the market. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and of course, a lot of early stage capital comes from success stories. Those entrepreneurs who hit it big tend to deploy their capital as angels you know, into the market and further fuel it and it grows exponentially. Daron, thanks so much for, welcome, Jeff. for joining you. us. It was great, great fun talking to you and uh, really exciting. Love what you do. Important on many levels and uh, we really appreciate it. Thanks. Daron York, founding member of Birmingham Angels, joining us today inside Michigan Business. We thank you again, Daron, and thank you for listening. Thanks for joining us today right here on Inside Michigan Business. I'm Jeff Sloan. All right, that wraps up this episode of the Inside Michigan Business Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to receive programming notifications and special event announcements by going to InsideMichiganBusiness.com. Follow us on your favorite social media platform and wherever podcasts are downloaded. Thank you for listening.